I went on a, uh, I was at Nikita Koloff's man camp with some of the guys in our church, and thank you for those of us, those of you that knew about that and were praying for us. Your prayers were exceedingly and abundantly answered, and um, I'm hoping to bring a little bit of an impartation to you today. Um, and it may not be an impartation that you want, but I promise you it's an impartation that you need and will be grateful for. Uh, the Lord actually laid this message on my heart about three weeks ago. Um, so this week with, uh, at man camp just confirmed and reinforced some of these things. So we were probably going to spend a couple weeks on this. Uh, so we'll stick with this theme for the next two or three weeks and we'll see what the Lord um, does and says. I just want you to know right off the bat that um, what, what Pastor Scott said about being a, us being dead in Christ and raised to newness of life, our old man being dead is 100% true. And the verse right after that he read says, so... Do not continue in sin, which means it's still possible to be uh, raised in newness of life, to have the old man being dead, but still have sin in our life. How does that work? Second Corinthians chapter 10 explains that, that there are certain things uh, that are raised up against the knowledge of God. And one of the translations is false conclusions. Another word for that is lies. We went through life, especially as children, some bad things happened to us, some abandonment happened to us, and the devil whispered in my, our ear and said, see, look, it's true. There's the evidence. And we believed, we came up with a false conclusion. And so those areas where we still sin, there is a lie. There is something within us that is more true than what God says. It is idolatry, and most of us are doing it in ignorance, but it's the fact. So what I'm, I'm hoping for today and the next couple weeks is that God begins revealing some of those things to you. And really, um, this impartation is a fear of the Lord. It's a fear of the Lord, a respect for God, and a, a grieving over sin that makes you take responsibility and get a taste of God's grace that you never want to do it again. There's some groundwork I want to lay before I actually get into some of the meat of what I want to share. Um, Romans 3.23, and I have some of these scriptures if you don't mind putting those up. Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So when we sin, we miss the glory, God's glory. So by God taking away our sin and freeing us from our sin, we get to live in His glory. That means every part, our relationship with our wives, men, in glory. Wives, your relationship with your husband, in glory. Your relationship with your children, in glory. That's what God is restoring into the earth, is His glory in every area. Not a blanket glory, not a blanket cloud, a specific glory in every relationship. 
glory in your finances, glory at your workplace, glory in your thought life, glory in your body for physical healing in every way. John, 1 John, sorry, 5.17 says this, all unrighteousness is sin. I actually like that word unrighteousness better than sin. Sin is a, you know, it's a church word. And we just associate it, at least I do, with guilt. You know, you're a bad boy. But unrighteousness, to me, it just feels more specific. And uh, I like to think of unrighteousness, and this is what it does really mean, unrightness. Unrightness. Wherever there is sin, there is unrightness. So you could also say, wherever there is something not going right in my life, there is unrightness there or unrighteousness there, which means there is sin there. All unrightness is sin, is missing the mark of God's glory. It's missing the mark of God's glory. So unrightness. If there is unrightness in your marriage, unrightness according to who? According to you? According to your spouse? According to your friends? Who is that unrightness according to you? We heard a, stati a statistic this week that, uh, hopefully I can remember this right, they um, asked some couples, uh, how many of you think you have a problem in your marriage? And 75% of women said, yes, there's a problem in my marriage. And only 25% of their husbands said, yes, there's a problem in my marriage. That means 50% of the guys didn't realize they had a problem in their marriage. So there's some unrightness there, right? Some guys recognized it, some guys didn't. But here's the problem. That's still a human opinion. Is your marriage right in the eyes of God? Is there rightness there? Is there righteousness there? And we can ask this about every area of our lives. Husbands, are you treating your wives rightly? according to God's definition of treating them rightly. God's opinion. Can he look at you? And this is a great question to ask. Just ask the Lord right now, guys. Lord, am I treating my wife rightly in every way that you want me to treat her? Is there righteousness in my treatment of my wife? Guess what? If there's not, there's sin there. There's sin there. Wives, you can ask the same question. If God were to examine the way you treat your husband, would he say that there is something that is not right? Unrighteousness. Fathers, are you treating your children rightly according to God's standard of rightly? Bottom line is if not, we're sinning. Here's another fact, Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. Now, we get paid wages for the work we do, right? When we go to work, we exchange our time, our talent, our energy, and what do we get in return? Well, lots of stuff, maybe, you know, 
our boss bullying us or whatever, right? But in reality, it's a contract. I agree to give you my time and my talent, and I agree to do certain things, and part of the agreement is you give me wages. I earned it, and you did. That's what a contract is. So we get wages for the work that we do at work. When we work sin, when we do sin, we also get paid wages. What are the wages when we work sin or do sin? What are the wages that the scripture says that we get paid back? Death. Death. It's a death. So, I don't know about you, but most of us, I think, have just assumed that this scripture, the wages of sin is death, can be translated, when you mess up, God makes you suffer. He pays you with death. I don't know about you. Is there anyone else that would fess up that, yeah, that's pretty much what I've thought, yeah. Okay, two? Is that it? Let's be honest, please. Raise your hand if you kind of thought, yeah, that's pretty much yeah, when I mess up, God punishes me. Does the scripture say that? Well, we can look at it. So, here's my question. Here's my question. Um, yeah, you know, we think, you sinned, here's your paycheck, death for you. The rest of that verse is, but the free gift of God, the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Eternal life doesn't just mean life that lasts forever. It's, an it's a quality of life that only God has. He has eternal life, everlasting life, a life that never drains out of it. Like a battery just slowly drains until it's dead. His quality of life never drains. It never wavers. It never wanes. It's a, it's a God quality of life. So we go to work. We work sin. What we get in exchange for our work of sin is death. But God does not want that for us. What he wants to do in place of us earning death is to give us a free gift of God quality life in every area of our life. God quality life. We have made it too much about just heaven and hell and not enough about what God wants to do here and now. Because when you're in eternity, how much impact do you have on earth? None. God is restoring the earth. God put us on earth to bring heaven here. Right? So, who, the question is... The wages of sin is death. Who pays those wages when we sin? Is it God? Is it the devil? Or is there just built-in suffering in sin? Which one of those three is it? Well, you sinned. Here's your paycheck. Death for you. Is that what God is saying? Is the devil saying, oh, you sinned. I get to give you death. Or is it that, well, that's just the consequences of sin. I will tell you theologically, you can make an argument for all three. You can make an argument for all three, scripturally, theologically. But primarily, punishment, death is built into sin. 
primarily that's the reality. And let me give you kind of an image uh, or an analogy to think about that. Let's pretend it's really cold outside. Uh, we spent some time out in the woods by ourselves this week, and it was like 33 degrees in the shade and in the wind, and it was cold. So this is a real reality recently to me. So let's pretend it's cold outside, and you're sitting by a nice warm fire. As long as you're close to the fire, you are warm. So the devil walks up and whispers to, to you in your ear, you should walk away from that fire. You think about it for a little bit. For some reason, you decide to walk away from the fire. Now what? You're cold, right? The wages of you walking away from that fire is cold. You're cold. So who dished out those wages? Was it God? Said you walked away from the fire. Now I'm going to smite you with cold. Or was it the devil? Well, you walked away from the fire. Now I get to smite you with cold. Or was it your dumb butt just walked away from the fire? <laughs> and now you're cold. <laughs> I'm going to go with the last one. I'm going to go with the last one. So if God is life and we walk away from that life, what happens to us? We experience less life, which is death. Was that God just dishing it out? Was that the devil saying, no, now I get to give you death? No, it's the natural consequences of walking away from life. If God is love and we walk farther from away from love, what happens? We get less love, whatever the opposite of love is, I don't know, right? Emptiness. If God is truth and we walk farther away from truth, what happens? So God, we have walked away from the fire. Every human being that has ever lived has walked away from the fire of God's truth, His love, His, His life, and we've all suffered the consequences. We've all reaped a form of death, and still may be. So how does God save us from that situation? He's got to convince us to walk back closer to the fire, right? When there is sin in our relationships, we said all unrightness is sin. So anything in your life where there is, it's not right. Something is wrong here. It's not right. It's not as right as God's glory would declare it to be. My marriage is not up to par, God's par. My relationship to my children is not up to God's par. The way I operate at work is not up to God's standard. It's, it's not living up to the glory. God's glory is not invading this part of my life. There's unrightness there and there is sin there, and therefore, because sin, the wages of sin is death. Wherever there is unrightness, there is death that God so desperately wants to rescue us from. This might just be a little bit different way to think about it. 
because we just think about, ah, oh, you're, you're sinning. You're just, you're just not a, as good of a husband as you need to be. And we beat ourselves up or we just feel guilty or we get into self-pity or whatever. But if you think about it and go, okay, wait, something is not as right as it should be according to God's standard. There should be abundant life in this place and there's not. Death is reigning in this area of my life and God doesn't want that to be. But it is glorious and freeing. And it's changing me. So if you want or need, let me just say, if you need some more fear of the Lord, just come to the front. 